With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. KFI AM 640. You're listening to Wake Up Call. On demand on the iHeartRadio app. I am beyond thrilled to say this is your Wake Up Call for Monday, July 31st. I'm Amy King. First day officially as the new host of the Wake Up Call I want to say uh, thanks to Robin Bertolucci and Chris Little for giving me this opportunity. Uh, You may or may not know that uh, I've been at KFI for about 12 years. I started here doing Saturday afternoons. I'd been in radio and then I got out of radio and then I just wanted to dip my toe back into radio. And um, now it's time to jump back in the pool. I had said at some point, and I've said to several people, I would never do mornings again unless, unless I had an opportunity to do mornings at KFI. And when our good friend Jennifer Jones decided it was time to move home, that opportunity came along. So, Jen, we miss you. Thank you. I'll try to do you proud. So here we are. Let's do this. Got the coffee ready? Let's wake up. Here's what's ahead on the wake-up call. Three people have been killed when a small plane crashed into an airport hangar in Upland. A federal judge has dismissed former President Trump's $475 million defamation lawsuit against CNN, saying that when CNN compared Trump to Hitler and called Trump's efforts to overturn the 2020 election the big lie, it was opinion. Angels outfielder Taylor Ward is in the hospital after he was hit in the face by a 92-mile-an-hour fastball. Ouch. That happened during Saturday night's game between the Halos and the Blue Jays. He could be out for the rest of the season. Let's start out with some of the stories coming out of the KFI 24-hour newsroom. L.A. police are trying to find several young men who fatally beat a security guard outside a nightclub in Hollywood. LAPD says a group of 7 to 11 black men in their 20s confronted the guard early yesterday morning, and he lost his footing. The guys then started kicking and stomping the guard while he was on the ground. Police say they think someone may have video of the attack. A woman arrested for allegedly driving in reverse, crashing into a bunch of parked cars, and killing a woman outside a 7-Eleven in South L.A. has been let out of jail. Police say more investigation is needed. The woman was arrested late Saturday. California will now require attorneys to report peers who've committed crimes. Attorneys would have to inform the state bar if they have evidence of other lawyers who have engaged in a criminal act or conduct involving dishonesty, fraud, or deceit. Family law attorney Holly J. Moore says the ruling shifts responsibility from the state bar to attorneys and opens a window to abuse the law. It's just an opportunity for attorneys to report other attorneys who maybe they don't like or they have something against. Some California attorneys are resisting what they call the snitch rule. That goes into effect tomorrow. Chris Adler, KFI News. The water around the Aloha Drive Bridge in Newport Beach is off limits because of a sewage spill. Public health officials say a break in a main sewer line caused about 140 gallons to spill over the weekend. They say the affected ocean water will remain closed for at least three days and until the results of follow-up water quality testing meets acceptable standards. Excessive heat warnings and advisories for L.A., Orange, and Riverside counties, yay, have expired. 
The heat is expected to ease a bit this week. Man, it's been hot, hasn't it? The National Weather Service says monsoonal conditions are now in the forecast. That means a chance of rain today and tomorrow in the southern and eastern parts of L.A. County and throughout Orange County. It'll warm up again later this week. A fire near the Kauia Indian Reservation in Riverside County has burned more than 2,200 acres. It started Thursday afternoon. Officials say the steep, rugged terrain is making it really difficult for firefighters to get a line or a line around the fire. It is 10% surrounded. Here's another way you might be able to fight fires. The Glendale Fire Department is going old school for wildfire preparedness. Goats. 300 of them have been hired to clear brush. Probably the fuel that we're most worried about is grass and brush. Chief Tim Ernst invited the public to come out Saturday to watch as the goats went to work, starting at the southeastern edge of Brand Park. And even though we had a year with probably historic rainfall, as everyone saw, all of our bigger fuels, the trees, the large brush, may still be green. All those smaller fuels, the grass and uh, the low brushes, those are all completely dried and cured now, so those will carry a wildfire like any other year when we had no rain. White goats. Uh, well, one, they're e- it's eco-friendly, and the public loves them. Patty Mundo is the department's vegetation management inspector and says the seven-day goat grass mitigation project costs the city only 14000 And when you consider the cost of putting crews out there and in areas too dangerous to access, she says it's money well spent. So they have a fence, um, so they keep them in sections, and so it, the fence will keep them in the section so they don't wander off or escape and then they have a guard dog that keeps them here as well and then the herd dog that directs them where to go the goats work single parcels of brush and will work their way around more than 491,000 square feet of urban interface well they're not union obviously no no they're not and so because i was going to see if they're working 24 7. you know well they're here all day so probably I'm sure what's their shift what's their shift they're resting now so maybe uh i don't know nine of four christina lives in the area and was excited to see the four-legged fire grazers i think it's great we should do it every year my husband was biking and he saw the sign that there were going to be goats for a couple weeks so we were looking forward to seeing them on the hills doing their job sisters zoe and mila couldn't get enough of the goats i think they're pretty cute pretty cute yeah, I think they're pretty cool. Why? Because um, they're because we don't nobody sees them like every day. Right. That goat is just like standing on the tree. Oh yeah, he is. Well, he's eating the leaves. That's you, very cool. Do you know what they're doing here? No. You don't know why they're here? No. Nope. They're chewing up the grass so it won't catch on fire. Oh. Yeah. So they're helpful. They're, yeah, they're very helpful. And before I left, I had one final question. Who picks up the goat droppings? <laughs> That's a question for the chief. <laughs> Biodegradable. They blend right into the hillside. Look at they you with all the answers. They help the next crop of grass. Look at you with all the In answers. In Brand Park for Wake Up Call, I'm Steve Thank Gregory, KFI News. <laughs> I love that. Look at that goat in the tree. That's so cool. I love that. West African nations have given leaders of a coup in Niger a week to reinstate the country's democratically elected president and have threatened possible military action. Niger's president was elected two years ago in the nation's first peaceful and democratic transfer of power since 1960. Members of Niger's presidential guards surrounded the presidential palace last week 
and have detained the president. We're going to be talking with ABC's Tom Rivers about this coming up at 520. And hopefully he's going to give us some great insight about this and uh, why it's happening and how they're going to fix it. A suicide bombing in Pakistan has killed at least 54 people and injured nearly 200 others. The bombing yesterday targeted a rally of a pro-Taliban cleric. No one has claimed responsibility. The government has promised to hunt down those behind the attack. Well, uh, soccer is on its World Club uh, Cup and Team USA is getting ready to play. The women take on Portugal in World Cup action technically tomorrow, but since the game's being played in New Zealand, the game's going to start at midnight. So there are four watch parties for you diehard fans if you want to go check them out around the Southland. Uh, organized by the Angel City Football Club starts at 11 o'clock tonight at Tom's Watch Bar in downtown L.A., and Legend Sports Bar in Long Beach. And then there's also parties organized by uh, American Outlaws, which is a nationwide support group for the U.S. men's and women's national soccer teams. That'll be at the Gold Room in Echo Park and the Surly Goat in Encino. Coming up next, we're going to check in with Aaron Kontursky to find out uh, when and if the next indictments against President Trump will drop. It is 5.08 on your wake-up call. Let's say good morning now to Aaron Kontursky. He's on Indictment Watch. Good morning, Aaron. Uh, good morning. I feel like that's been our posture since, you know, for months. Yeah. Uh, and, and now the former president's waiting to see whether he's going to be indicted in a third case. This would be the one involving efforts to overturn the 2020 election results culminating in January 6th. And we know that uh, the former president uh, has been put formally on notice that he's a target of that investigation, a target letter from the Justice Department arrived on Thursday of, uh, or rather on, on uh, Sunday, two weeks ago, Sunday. So it's been a while, and that's normally a precursor to an indictment. So it seems like it's just a matter of time. So with the with the last ones that came, wasn't it a shorter window of time between the time he got the letter and the time he actually got the indictments? Or is it, it about the- it was a shorter window of time? Uh, although there are a couple of things happened in this particular case. One is the the former president's lawyers wanted to meet with the special counsel and they arranged that for Thursday of last week. So that's, you know, ate up a little time, I think. Are you outside? what did the special counsel do that same day? He ended up filing additional charges in the classified documents case. So uh, he preferred, you know, he's working on these parallel tracks. That superseding indictment came first. So it could be that we're just waiting on, um, you know, on, on for that to clear. And now they'll focus again on January 6th. Okay, so the but the just to be clear, the indictments on the classified documents, which you said we've got more charges now, are completely separate yeah. from the January sixth. Entirely separate, uh, and 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 it's the same special counsel, but they are entirely separate cases. The one you know involves the former president's handling or, or alleged mishandling of classified material at Mar-a-Lago and his alleged efforts to obstruct the government's retrieval uh, of those documents and then you have this this january 6th case and and we know that it's more than just january 6th right we know that it's uh, about efforts in battleground states to find additional trump votes or to pressure state election workers and and the special counsel over the last several months has been in touch with a number of election workers uh that have um you know that, that are in the battleground states that either got phone calls from the former president or, or his allies, and and they've been telling the special counsel about you know, what the extent of those efforts were, and, and it'll be up to the special counsel to, describe, to decide what, if any of them, were criminals. Okay, and then there's also a case right in Georgia 
that's separate again from that, but it's a, a specifically about Georgia possible election interference. That's right. And that would involve the phone call to Brad Raffensperger, the secretary of state, where Trump asked him to find, you know, 11,000 some odd votes, asked him for, uh, you know, all sorts of uh, things that would tilt the election in his favor. And, and that would also target perhaps the slate of fake electors that, uh, you know, that, that was being talked about at the time. So that could be an extensive racketeering type case. Uh, and, and we expect those criminal charges, if they do come, to come by the end of August. Okay. And do you think, is this going to hurt Trump with voters? Or does it just bolster his support because the supporters think the charges are all trumped up anyway? Yeah. I don't, so far they haven't hurt, right? And um, the, the former president kind of wears it as a badge of honor. His legal defense is his political case as he campaigns while under indictment. And there's a new New York Times-Siena College poll out this morning that shows him crushing his rivals for the Republican nomination. I mean, it's not even close. He leads Ron DeSantis 54 to 17, this poll says, and no other Republican uh, comes out of a single digit. Okay, so the, question, the bigger question, though, is Trump supporters may kind of be digging in their heels... But Trump has to get some other votes because he can't only go with his diehard supporters if he hopes to win. So, Well, and, and, and that's always been the, the case here, right? There's no question he has a base of loyal support. Uh, if he wins the nomination, will you know more moderate Republicans be with him? There's no reason to think not, uh, especially given how polarizing President Biden uh, is politically right now. Uh, but whether he appeals to that broad swath of the electorate uh, who knows? But you know, Biden's not popular. Uh, Trump believes he can beat him. Uh, and, and so far, re- at least Republican uh, you know, voters who identify Republican are coming full who they believe he's right. Okay, so I have one last question for you, kind of back to the indictments and all of the criminal yeah. charges he's facing, the ones that he's currently facing and the ones he may be facing soon. Are are plea agreements possible in these cases or is this something that they're going to just say nope we're going to we're going to charge this and go all the way yeah i don't think there's any scenario in which trump pleads guilty it just hasn't been his mo yeah. um it, you know even though it's it's highly unlikely he would ever serve time but but if he were to be you know, a guilty plea means a conviction and, and he says he would still run for president but i think it's harder to make the case you can lead the nation as a convicted felon. Again, if anybody could do it, it's probably Donald Trump. I know, it's uh, crazy, right? He, he, he seems intent on fighting these charges and the special counsel who's bringing them straight to the end. Okay, so and so maybe this week, or we just really don't know if this next batch is coming? Well, well yeah, it's always a fool's errand to guess what a grand jury is going to do. Uh, but, you know, given the timing of the target letter and, and how the investigation has progressed, uh, we believe that, you know, all the witnesses have uh, are, are done coming in, you know, uh, but we think the grand jury will convene again as soon. So, uh, you know, we're, we're on watch, as they say, as is the former president, who himself has acknowledged that the receipt of the target letter likely means uh, an, an indictment and another arrest. Okay. Well, Aaron Katursky, thank you so much for your wisdom and insight. It helps me uh, sort stuff out in my brain. Hopefully it's helping uh, people around L.A. do the same thing. Have a great day.
Okay, want to talk to you about uh, what people are doing at concerts. As we've been talking about, you've probably heard us talk about it on KFI. You've seen it in the news that people are throwing stuff up onto stage, which remember a long time ago when people used to throw underwear up on stage at Tom Jones. Okay, I never noticed it, never knew it, never seen it, but I've heard about it like it was a thing. But now people are throwing more uh, consequential things up on stage and potentially injuring the people who are on stage. Over the weekend, Cardi B was doing an outdoor show in Las Vegas and uh, somebody apparently like threw a drink on her. So Cardi B, being Cardi B, fought back and uh, she threw her microphone at the uh, person who was in the front row and then security apparently escorted them away. Then we also heard that Cardi threw her microphone toward a DJ who was apparently cutting off her songs early during another performance. So that's a whole other thing. But, you know, Cardi B is not the only one. Adele, Kelsey, Ballerina, BB Rexa, like uh, BB Rexa had to get stitches after she was hit with a flying phone at a, a concert in New York. And people are like, why are people throwing their cell phones up on stage? And that trend can actually be traced back to 2018. Apparently a fan uh, went viral after throwing their phone on stage at a Kendrick Lamar concert. Well, Kendrick picked up the phone and filmed a video with it. And so maybe people are thinking, oh, this is really cool. Maybe they'll do that for me too. But they're not only throwing phones. Like uh, Pink had a bag of gray powder thrown at her during a performance. And it turned out it was the ashes of the fan's mother. Pink also had somebody get her a giant wheel of brie cheese. That apparently she accepted that a little more graciously than somebody's mother's ashes. Um, uh, a K-pop girl group, NMIX, in May, someone put their baby up on stage during the band's performance. So the 16-year-old singer uh, removed the baby from the stage, gave it back to its mother. But it's just like people, I don't know if it... it if it's the social media thing that they want to go viral on it. So they're doing these things, but it's, it's getting a little dangerous. And some of these artists are getting, they're getting injured. So let's be careful out there. We got Taylor Swift coming to town this week. So hopefully the fans will behave. And if they don't, we'll tell you about it here. When we come back, we're going to talk with ABC's Tom Rivers about what the heck is going on in Nigeria. There is a coup, the president's missing. And why do we care about it? We'll find out about that coming up next. You're listening to Wake Up Call on demand from KFI AM 640. Good morning. I'm Amy King. Here are some of the stories coming out of the KFI 24-hour newsroom. Police are looking for the mob who beat a security guard to death at a nightclub in Hollywood early yesterday morning. Republican Senator and presidential candidate Tim Scott's going to be in Orange County tonight for a fundraising and town hall and reception at the Newport Beach Country Club. A longtime friend and business associate of Hunter Biden's expected to testify on Capitol Hill today. Devin Archer's expected to share details about foreign ventures and meetings with Hunter and potentially meetings with President Biden as well. At 5.35, we're going to check in with ABC's Steve Roberts and talk about all these old, old lawmakers and how that's expected to play in the 2024 election. At 6.05, it's handled on the news. A federal judge has dismissed former President Trump's $475 million big lie defamation lawsuit on CNN. But right now, it's time to check in with ABC's Tom Rivers. Good morning, Tom. Hey, good morning, Amy. Hey, we got a coup in Niger. What is going on? It's crazy over there. 
It's crazy. Well, it's kind of in the neighborhood. It, it what happens? It happened in Burkina Faso. It happened in Mali. Well, now it's the turn of Niger, and uh, exactly, it's been about a week down the road right now, and a lot of uh, hand wringing around the world. What to do about it? If anything, the African Union has issued basically a two-week ultimatum uh, to the junta to uh, you know change its tact and let the uh, democratically elected president return to power, President Bazoum. And uh, he had been on the phone, I guess, with uh, President Macron uh, as recently as yesterday. We assume he's still in the presidential palace under uh, house arrest. But this all boils down to a number of factors. One is security. There are Islamic factions there, as there are in a number of African states. So the government is trying to fight that and deal with that. The economy is, is tanking, cost of living going through the roof. Um, so, yeah, it is not out of the ordinary to see uh, an occasional coup in that part of the world, and that's what we're going through right now. Okay, and so is the coup because of the economy, or do they know why? Um, well, again, yesterday there were thousands of people on the streets uh, in the country. Uh, they're fed up with the economy, but they're also worried about security. So it's more than one factor, but a lot of things stacking up, and they're just saying, look, we're fed up. Uh, we, we really don't want to have the military in, but uh, the alternative is it might be the best way to go right here, right now. Okay, and when you say they're worried about security, what does that mean? Like national security or internal because of infighting that's going on in the country or what? Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, it's grown like uh, it's grown around the world. Al-Qaeda uh, and ISIS, uh, if you will, sympathizers. And we know how that all started in Afghanistan, uh, you know, basically thinking about what Hillary said we created al-Qaeda. Um, so, yes, uh, it's, it's kind of growing around the world, and it's very difficult for, for governments to deal with it effectively. And uh, people there are, are worried, concerned, fed up, and they're saying maybe a stronger hand at the till will uh, deal more effectively with them. Okay, and is this is this a bigger deal because this was the first democratically elected uh, president in a, in a long time? Exactly. Uh, the president had been in power for, what, two years? Um, so it's, it's never good to see that, but, uh, you know, that is, that's the way it is. And uh, as I say, uh, the African Union is, is scratching his head. Uh, the U.S. and Europe are saying, look, if, uh, if you don't restore the president to, uh, to power, we, we've got sanctions. And, of course, those are effective down the road. But for next week, they're quite useless. Um, but uh, that is a stick being uh, wielded potentially by Washington and, and Brussels. Okay, and you mentioned the junta earlier. Who are the junta? Well, basically, this equivalent of the Joint Chiefs of Staff oh, okay. uh, there, General Chiani, and and his and his senior uh, underlings. So basically, it'd be like the military saying, uh, "Nope, game's over. We're taking over." And that's exactly what's happened there. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, so they just kind of hold on. Do they start ruling? Do they start legislating or do, are they oh, just yeah. kind of holding on until 
they figure out what to do next. And- I think they're making it up as they go. It's <laughs> just the way it is. In fact, you know, the first what's the first stop if you're if you're a member of the junta that is successful, you go to the state broadcaster and uh, you get message out on TV and radio. That's exactly what they did last week. So it's called, you know, it's following the same playbook. It's a great question. I don't know what the answer is. Will they say, well, we'll have, you know, we'll have new elections in fill in the blank three months, six months. Are they going to say, nope, we're going to hang out for a while. Uh, watch your space on that one. Okay. And so why is this important to the U.S.? Like, why, why should we care about this? Well, yeah, your taxpayers' uh, dollars have been uh, training uh, the defense in that country now for a few years. Oh, we That's have, one- huh? Yeah, yeah. See, who knew? Exactly. That's why you're thirty-two trillion dollars in debt. You don't, you don't check your, uh, your current account too often, I guess. Uh, yeah, you've been paying for that. Okay. Uh, so that's one reason right there. And of course, there are things like minerals there. Um, and it's also interesting too. There was a uh, last week, there was a, a summit in Saint Petersburg in Russia, African leaders and uh, Russian officials, and Russia uh, is basically using soft power where America tends to use, i.e., military training, military power in parts of Africa, and it seems to be pretty effective. Uh, Russia says it's writing off something to the tune of about $23 billion worth of debt in a number of countries, including Burkina Faso and Mali, neighboring countries, um, saying, look, we're just going to write it off. You guys can't, you'll never, you'll never pay the bill, fine, but we got our influence there. And, uh, yeah, the, the, and China as well, through soft power, as you know, is increasing its influence in Africa as well. So, so they're saying we're going to forgive your debt, but then you're going to, you know, then you, you're going to owe us. Well, yeah, you're going to, yeah, one way or another, America does the same thing. Yeah, huh. <laughs> you get some money, but we get something back. Gotcha. That's how the game is played. Okay. Well, Tom Rivers, thank you so much. I, who knew we were spending all that money in Niger? Not there me. you go. All now right. you know. Thank you so much. Take care. Take care. Southland weather from KFI, mostly cloudy, hot again with a 20% chance of showers and thunderstorms this afternoon and evening. Highs in the 80s at the beaches, around 90 for Metro LA and Inland OC, 90s in the Valley and the IE, then up to 101 for the Antelope Valley. A little bit cooler tomorrow through Thursday, then it's going to heat back up as we head into the weekend. You're listening to Wake Up Call on demand from KFI AM 640. Good morning. I'm Amy King. It's my very first official wake-up call as the host of the show. Welcome aboard. Uh, hope we're going to have some fun, learn some things, and uh, get our days started right moving forward. Here are some of the stories coming out of the KFI 24-hour newsroom. Three people have been killed when a small plane crashed into an airport hangar in Upland. That happened yesterday. A federal judge has dismissed former President Trump's $475 million defamation lawsuit against CNN, saying that When CNN compared Trump to Hitler and called his efforts to overturn the 2020 election the big lie, it was opinion. Angels outfielder uh, outfielder Taylor Ward, did you see this? He's in the hospital after he was hit in the face by a 92-mile-per-hour fastball. It happened in the fifth inning of Saturday night's game between the Halos and the Blue Jays. At 6.05, it's Handle on the News. A group of landlords is suing the city of of L.A. over a rent hike freeze. Right now, let's say good morning to ABC's Steve Roberts. Steve, there are a lot of really old lawmakers who've been around for a really long time. There's Trump, there's Biden, there's McConnell, Pelosi, Feinstein. Are people going to continue to vote for these people? Well, it's a good question. Uh, Americans are not happy, Amy, with their choices of uh, the likely choice between Trump 
who's 77, Biden, who's 80, almost 81, would be 82 on Election Day. Uh, 67% told the Yahoo poll that Biden's too old, and that includes almost half of Democrats. Um, and, uh, but the fact is that uh, uh, Americans are likely to be faced with that choice. And um, not only are they not happy with it, but it's out of keeping with our history. Um, if you look at the four Democrats who were elected president before Biden, I'll leave out Linda Johnson came into office, of course, after Kennedy was killed. Although Johnson was only 55 when he was uh, president in 63. People think of him as an old man. But the other four, Kennedy, Carter, Clinton, Obama, their average age on the day they were elected was only 47 years old. Um, so there's uh, and that's our history. Uh, we, we, we look toward youth and energy. Even Ronald Reagan, who uh, when he was 69, when he took office and he was considered an old man um, and uh, the oldest president to take office, he was 13 years younger than Joe Biden would be if he won a second term. So um, Americans uh, have have often looked toward youth and energy, uh, and they don't have those choices this year, and they're not happy about it. Why don't they have choices? I mean, are we digging into that? Because there are some younger, not on the, like for president, for example, there are some younger candidates, but they're certainly, they're not getting any traction. And then there's Trump, who's 77. Well, that's a good question. And, uh, you know, voters have the ability to vote for Ron DeSantis. They just don't like him. I mean, uh, (laughs) if anything, DeSantis is is losing ground. There's a New York Times poll out just this morning, Amy, um, showing a widening gap. Trump's at 54 percent among Republican voters. DeSantis has dropped to 17. A huge uh, uh, gap there. And on the Democratic side, think about what would happen. If uh, something, you know, Mitch McConnell, the Republican leader, he's 81, had this very public and embarrassing moment last week where he froze up at a news conference. Yeah, that was scary. Now, he's had some some health problems. He's had a concussion, other factors. Now, suppose that happened to Joe Biden. And um, there was a the first thing to remember is that with candidates this old, both Biden and Trump, um, their health can change in a minute, and, and, and the whole trajectory of American politics can change sharply in an instant. But suppose Biden, for some reason, health reasons, were uh, to be shelved and sidelined. Who would replace him? Democrats have a very weak bench. Now, obviously, your governor, Gavin Newsom, sees himself as a potential president, but 95% of Americans have no idea who Gavin Newsom is. And by the way, he is 55. He's actually on the old side. But he uh, looks young. Uh, compared to... Yeah, he does look young and he sees himself as young. And, 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 you know, he certainly would be a contender. But because of, you know, because Biden and um, and Trump have so dominated politics in the last few years, the ability of someone like Newsom on the Democratic side or DeSantis on the Republican side to emerge as a as a viable option has really been limited because these aging leaders uh, have sucked up so much oxygen. And remember, on the Democratic side, it wasn't just Biden. His leading opponent was Bernie Sanders, who's even older than he is. That's true. And, you know, and Elizabeth Warren, uh, who was the comparatively young, she's in her mid-70s. So they, right now, America is out of touch with its own history and out of touch with the rest of the world. If you look at the leaders, the emerging generation of leaders around the world, Rishi Sunak, the new prime minister of Britain, he's 43. Emmanuel Macron, the prime minister of France, he's 45. Justin Trudeau, 
the Prime Minister of Canada is the old man. He's 51, but he's been in office eight years. He came into office at 43. So this choice between these two very old leaders, and by the way, I'm 80 years old, so I use, I know what I'm talking about. When I still live, <laughs> uh, I, I say that I say that people, you know, lose a step at, at that age. Um, uh, this is out of keeping with our history, and it's out of keeping with the rest of the world. Okay, and I know you got to run. Just real quick, is is there something that can be done to kind of shake the psyche loose to say we got to stop this and go for? younger people it's up to the vote yeah. it's up to the voters amy yeah. and then again they're the ones who have the final say and they're the ones who should have the final say yeah all right thank you so much for your time appreciate it a sure. lot steve we'll talk to you soon uh when we come back we're going to check in with abc's jim ryan about uh, how matthew mcconaughey is working to make schools safer and why he's super frustrated with our government but first, uh, let's jump back into the KFI newsroom. Uh, SAG-AFTRA has announced an interim agreement with the union or, or that the union says will allow journeyman performers and crews to pay their rent and feed their families. The union says the agreement is not a waiver, but a contract that will include terms and conditions for producers looking to employ members on specific independent productions only. SAG-AFTRA says it is striking the AMPTP companies only. A man accused of kidnapping a 13-year-old girl in Texas and driving her to California is due in federal court in L.A. The man is charged with kidnapping and transportation of a minor with intent to engage in criminal sexual activity. Prosecutors say he sexually assaulted the girl while driving to Long Beach. The teen was rescued earlier this month when she wrote a note that said help and someone saw it and called police. A dredging project to address contaminated soil in Newport Harbor has been suspended pending further environmental studies. Multiple lawsuits challenged the plan to bury the sediment that's teeming with mercury and polychlorinated biphenyls in a deep pit in the harbor called a CAD and just covered up with good soil. OC Coast Keeper's Matt Sylvester says their lawsuit against the Army Corps of Engineers, which claimed endangered species and environmental concerns, is now also on hold. We're glad the Corps is reconsidering the potential impacts of the dredging project and construction of the CAD. And hopefully at the end of all this, we'll get a project that poses less risk to the bay. A federal court ordered a progress report by January. In Orange County, Corbin Carson, KFI News. And speaking of endangered species, researchers in Palm Beach, Florida, are celebrating a record number of sea turtle nests. There are more than 21,000 nests along a nine and a half mile stretch of shore. Vice President of Research at Loggerhead Marine Life Center, Justin Peralt, says beachgoers should not try to interact with the endangered turtles and should stay off the sand at night. If they see a nesting turtle or a nest hatching, it's important to, to give those animals their distance and allow them to behave normally and naturally. He says they're predicting at least 27,000 nests by November when the season ends. You're listening to Wake Up Call on demand from KFI AM 640. Good morning. I'm Amy King. Here are some of the stories coming out of the KFI 24-hour newsroom. Republican Senator and presidential candidate Tim Scott's going to be in Orange County tonight for a fundraising town hall and reception at the Newport Beach Country Club. Police are looking for the mob that beat a security guard to death at a nightclub in Hollywood early yesterday morning. Phoenix is now topped 110 degrees for 31 straight days. More than 100 million Americans were under heat alerts over the weekend. Our heat advisories have expired. We're just minutes away from Handle on the News this morning. One out of six who've been given housing under L.A.'s new Safe Inside program have left their housing. 
Right now, let's say good morning to ABC's Jim Ryan. Matthew McConaughey has jumped in to try to make schools safer. Jim, why did he get involved in this cause? Well, it, it hits home personally for him, Amy, because he is from Uvalde. He was born and raised there. And, and, of course, Uvalde is the place where 14 months ago a gunman walked into Robb Elementary School, opened fire, killed 21 people, including 19 students. McConaughey went to Washington after this happened. First, he visited Uvalde. Yeah, I with, remember him seeing him and his wife going yeah. and going, why is he there? And then finding out, oh, he's from there. So. He's from there. Right. And he okay. and lives in Austin. So he headed over there and talked to families, talked to local leaders, talked to state uh, legislators and others, then went to Washington and lobbied on behalf of something called the Bipartisan Safer Communities Act, which is a multi-billion dollar grant program, which is intended to harden schools, essentially provide greater security there, mental health support for students. Uh, there, there are provisions in there that uh, require implementation of red flag laws. So these sorts of things that uh, McConaughey said most people could get behind. And in fact, Congress passed this, sent it on to the president. The president signed it, and it became law last June. And passed it in a bipartisan way. Yes. Like, like pretty much nobody was against well, maybe not nobody, but people were in general in support of this one. Well, they were, yes. And it used, the language wasn't uh, so, you know, gun-related that uh, Second Amendment supporters uh, were able to get behind it, and they did. But uh, McConaughey says that the big problem with this program and other grant programs like it is that the process for applying for the funds is extremely complicated. It's because it's government. Of, yeah, it is. <laughs> right. And you've got to uh, cross the T's, dot the I's, submit it very carefully. Yeah, you know, I suspect that Los Angeles has a, a room full of people uh, sitting down and and uh, you know at the, at the school district level and applying for grants and winning these grants and looking for new grants. But a small district like Evalde, for example, they don't have the time. They they may have a principal who on the side is making grant applications. Uh, so McConaughey has set up something called the Green Lights Grant Initiative, which uh, it's a it's a website first of all, and it, it's kind of a step by step for uh, small districts, large districts, anybody really, to make grant applications. And then he's going to travel around to districts and and try to promote this. So basically, he's going to help them navigate the process. Exactly. Because right. I did see part of that interview yesterday. And he had said that none none of the money has been allocated so far, and you said it was passed last June. Yes. Well, within three months, and he, in context there, okay. three months after this, he talked to the state representative from that district, from Uvalde, state senator, and was told that, uh, that only a dozen school districts had applied for those grants, and none had actually been receiving any of the funds. That number has gone up in the last year since this all happened, so some districts have, in fact, fact, uh, won, uh, won, won these grants, but billions of dollars still left sitting on the table. Uh, billions. And so McConaughey wants to make sure that districts that are interested in this program can get on board and, and get some of that funding in place. Well, yeah, it's there for the taking. Yes. And making the schools safer. Hopefully everybody can get behind that. And I thought it was interesting, too, watching um, Matthew McConaughey talk, first of all, Big fan. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, he seemed to make so much sense. Like he was talking about how we need to lower the temperature so we can get something done. And like you had mentioned that the gun rights people were even on involved with it because the wording wasn't inflammatory, like all guns are bad. Mm -hmm. We need to, you know, I mean, so like it, it avoided a confrontation so something could get done.
Right. I don't think McConaughey has been able to walk that line. Uh, Jonathan Carl asked him yesterday in, uh, during his program during this week the, about that, about maybe his plans to run for office. McConaughey says he's not ready to jump in. He feels he can be more useful on the outside with programs like this Greenlight's Grant Initiative. But you're right. You know, He said that uh, simply replacing one word, that is control, in gun control with responsibility, gun responsibility, it's much easier for folks to get on board if they feel their rights aren't being uh, stepped on. So just change the narrative just a little bit and get Soften something done. Mm-hmm. You know, okay, so I'm going to just say that Matthew McConaughey is a good point because we were just talking to Steve Roberts a couple of minutes ago about how all the candidates are so incredibly old. Yeah. And that we j- either they just won't let go or there aren't people who are talented and char- charismatic and, and qualified enough to step up. But listening to McConaughey, I would love it if he would run. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, like he like it, he just makes sense to my brain right now. And, and it seems to be like a voice of reason in the room, which sure. is crazy for a guy who was... Wasn't he caught on video, <laughs> like with some bongo drums a few years ago? But yeah, yeah. Anyway. Sure, lives in bongo drums. That's yeah. uh, been his kind of calling card. But they'd make an interesting uh, campaign poster, right? Well, and and he has a bully pulpit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But he, you know, it, like because people will listen to actors, and if he's going to use it for good. In this case, I'm all for listening to the actors. Sure, right. And and after Reagan, you can't say that an actor can't run for office successfully because. Reagan did it, and others have done it since then, uh, you know, with limited or with varying success. Gopher from uh, <laughs> Fred Candy, he ran. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, the okay. guy from Saturday Night Live, whose name escapes from Minnesota. Uh, geez, oh, and he Al had Franken. to resign, yeah. Al Franken, right. Anyway, right. there you go. Well, thank you so much for your time, Jim. Uh, hopefully this will, will uh, spur some more school districts to get uh, get their accent in gear and get some funding. Sure. Yeah, Absolutely. This, it's kind of an open-ended program right now. Uh, Green, by the way, anybody, if LA uh, GreenlightsGrantInitiative.org is where uh, the McConaughey website is. Okay, LAUSD, listening to that? Yep. Jim Wright, thank you so much for your time. <laughs> Appreciate it a ton. See you. Take care. All right. Hey, uh, so I wanted to talk to you about uh, the Barbie experience because Barbie is still just tearing it up at the box office. It brought in another $93 million this weekend. So I think it's up to like 370 domestically. Uh, So it's all the rage. And so I thought maybe I should check out what the rage is. One saw the movie, thought it was entertaining, thought it was a little preachy. Shannon Farron said, yeah, it's a little preachy. And the woman's, you know, oh, we're women. We've been held down for so long. But there were a couple actually pretty good speeches in there. But it was a, overall, it was a fun movie and it's a fun experience. And I think Barbie is just sort of a fun memory for a lot of people. So we, um, Nick Pagliocchini and I went to the Barbie experience. It was the world of Barbie experience at the uh, Santa Monica place last week. And Nick, you're there with me, right? Yes. And it was intense. (laughs) It was very, well, first of all, it was very pink and it was two stories of Barbie, like life-size Barbie. So you're basically walking into this immersive Barbie, like a life-size house. They had a Barbie RV, which we got our pictures taken in. Uh, they had life-size, um, like, Barbie doll 
boxes that the the packaging so you could stand in there and like you're the Barbie doll. <laughs> right, because I was an explorer Barbie doll and you were a movie star Barbie doll. Uh, yeah, because something like that. Yeah, yeah, movie star Barbie doll. Okay, let's do that. Yeah, and then they had actual they had Barbies from over the years and they showed the astronaut Barbie and they showed the Vera Wang Barbie and they showed. All, just all the different cool historical Barbies and how Barbies have honored different uh, historical figures. So it was, it was a cool experience. I, thought, I think it was fun. And what I loved about it, too, is there, there were a lot of kids there, but there were adults there, too. So moms and grandmas and even some dads, like I think dads, if you want to score some points with your with your little girls and boys, then maybe take them there. The thing I was disappointed in, Nick, was that there was yeah. no Alan. Ken was there, but right. there was no Alan, and Alan was a big thing in the Barbie movie. Right, which we loved. And then even Midge. Did we see a Midge? I don't remember. We, did we not saw see Skipper. A Midge. We saw Skipper's seat, but we didn't see Skipper. But we didn't see a Midge. So I agree with you. It was totally um, disappointing that way. So. Yeah. Oh, well. But then what about the food real quick before? Because oh, then okay. we got the top of the hour coming up. Absolutely. So we went to uh, Cafe Landwer to check out their special Barbie menu, which they created a whole pink menu for um, Barbie. And they had uh, pink hummus. They had um, a waffle with pink whipped cream. Then they also had some some drinks. The summer shake was so good. It was like a it strawberry colored pink. And everything's pink. Yeah. But the food was good. And then the, at Cafe Land where we also got another entree and that was really good. So if you want to check it out, it's at Cafe Landwehr, and that's at Century City Westfield Mall? Correct. And yeah. I think that was, I mean, it was a little bit, you know, it's not super close to Santa Monica, but we kind of made a day date out of it, which worked out really well because we went and did that. And then we headed over to the Barbie experience so that you could easily do both in one day. Absolutely. If you want to see some of the food, uh, you can check out my Instagram at Amy K. King. And uh, Nick, can we post it on yours too? Of course, yeah. So you can check it out at Nick Pagliocchini or This Weekend with Nick on uh, Instagram. Perfect. It's like I said, it's it's very pink. So if you're into pink. It's very pink. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's it. Yes. <laughs> absolutely. But it, it was a lot of fun. So if you're looking for something fun to do, the Barbie experience goes through. I don't. Oh, gosh, it doesn't say when it's through, but it's Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays and Sunday. And it's the world of Barbie. If you want to Google it really, really kind of a fun way to spend your day. Uh, this is KFI and KOST HD, Los Angeles, Orange County. You've been listening to Wake Up Call. You know, you can always listen live on KFI AM 640, weekdays from 5 to 6 a.m. And anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.